Welcome to the ETC Coaches Corner, an inside look into the Midlands' best private training facility, where we'll be discussing all things nutrition to training, and of course, everything in between, which we do for our members and people who are not members, so normal, normal people. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about High Rocks. Very, very exciting. In this episode, you will learn about what High Rocks actually is, what it means for our members, why you should probably give it a go, and what we believe the breast, the breast, the best, <laughs> I'm going to leave that in, the best approach to get involved with High Rocks. Today, I'm joined by our resident High Rocks expert and coach, head coach at ETC, the resident Jack Collins. Good afternoon, Jack. Good afternoon, everyone. Even though it might not be afternoon when you're listening to this, hello, whatever time of day it is, where you are. That is a very, very good point. It may be the morning because it comes out in the morning on the Wednesday and you may be going going for a walk with your little dog and listening to our beautiful, soothing voices whilst getting your steps in. Uh, Jack, uh, we're not going to talk about dietary nitrate too much today. Uh, what did you have for breakfast and why is there a part of dietary nitrate in front of you? So for my breakfast, I had oats oh. with protein powder, soy milk, and banana. Not apple this time, but I did microwave it. We're, we're, we're okay with microwaved banana, uh, but microwaved apple is, is just too far. What did you, how much protein did your breakfast have? Oh, I reckon about 30. How many grams of carbohydrates did it have? It probably had... 75 grams of carbs. Okay, you thought about that for a long time. Not that you'll hear the the one and a half minute pause that Jack had before answering that question, because I'm going to cut it out. Uh, Jack, why is there a part of dietary nitrate in front of you? <laughs> why, why are your stories talking about dietary nitrate? That's a very good question. So in the lead up to this week's Hyrox, this week being Hyrox Manchester. However, when you're listening to this podcast, it will actually be the week after Hyrox Manchester. But in the lead up to Hyrox Manchester, I thought I would try some beet it, which is concentrated beetroot juice, which is, as Tim said, full of dietary nitrates. Dietary nitrates are kind of a supplement, I guess you could say, but it is basically just something that is in beetroot and other foods, and it can help to increase blood flow and thus improve oxygen delivery to your muscles over a prolonged period of time, which can be helpful in endurance-based activities like a high rocks or half marathons, things of that nature, where you are essentially doing anaerobic with oxygen activity. Lovely. It takes me back to my uh, my master's days. I did my master's degree dissertation on beetroot juice and... It's really quite boring, to be honest with you, and I'm not going to go into it in too much details, but I'll tell you that we had, because um, the study that we did was a double-blind crossover, we had nitrate-depleted beetroot juice. So, because it was a double-blind crossover, that, what that basically means is the researcher and the participants do not know the difference. So it was like, here's A and here's B. Which one has nitrates? Who knows? It was amazing. And the boxes that I was working with, they were like, Oh, mate, mate, yeah, that's definitely got the nitrates in it. <laughs> it's like, you can't tell. Yeah, no, and I found I found nothing. Which was, you know, you could argue that's not a good thing for, for science. 
<laughs> but what we found is there was lots of other things potentially at play that would improve somebody's endurance. So as we always say at ETC, with all supplements, they are like the 1%. They are the, I'm doing everything else right. This may contribute to something as an ergogenic aid. Ergogenic being it might make you improve your performance a little bit. But as we all know, Jack is a finely tuned athlete, high performance athlete, whereas I'm a fat athlete. <laughs> fat, fat, fat heat. And I'm taking it anyway. Fat lead. I'm 90 kilos. It's good. Anyway, moving on. So we're going to talk about high rocks. And we're going to start really broadly, Jack. We're going to talk about like, what is high rocks? Give us away with your long and elaborate definition. So essentially what high rocks is, it's an endurance-based functional fitness competition. So endurance basically mean that, meaning that it is like quite high volume. It's quite high reps and it's broadly going to take you anything from 60 to 90 minutes. So it's not a short, heavy, intense workout. It's quite a long, intense workout um, when you get into it. But it's essentially what it is. It's eight one kilometer runs. And in between each of those one kilometer runs, you will do a different exercise station. And those exercises are 1000 meter ski, a 50 meter sled push which is four 12 and a half meter lengths, varying weights, a 50 meter sled pull, again, four 12 and a half meter lengths with a, a, a rope, 80 meters of burpee broad jump, 1000 meters on the rower, 200 meters of farmer's carry with kettlebells, uh, 100 meters of walking lunges with a sandbag, and then you finish with 100 wall balls. No, it does sound, when you say it like that, it sounds minging, because most, most events, they are like a, except CrossFit, they are like a single, like a symbol, single stimulus. It's like you're going to run for this amount of time. You're going to cycle for this amount of time. Whereas with high rocks, you've got, well, eight different modalities. All that are in the realm of functional fitness. Bit of rowing, bit of skiing, some strength work for the push-pull, some carrying work, some burpees. And what I really like about high rocks is that all of these movements Although it does sound a lot, they are possible and they are trainable. And if you practice and get better at these movements, then you're going to be a stronger, fitter, healthier human being. Would you say that is, is right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's what I really like about it is, as you said, kind of said there, it's like it's achievable. It's there's nothing in there that is crazy technical for like coming back to what you said like with like CrossFit for example where you've got all these like high skill and high demand gymnastic based movements pull-ups muscle-ups handstands you've got the Olympic weightlifting like cleaning jerks and snatches and things like that that have a, a, a very high entry level just to like even like play the game you have to be able to hang from a pull-up bar and do a pull-up and well multiple pull-ups you have to be able to get 50 kilos over your head and go into a full squat like there's a there's an entry level just to even play and to participate even at a relatively low level like the everyday categories are still like quite hard and there's some quite technical stuff in there i remember i remember one time i wasn't actually with you i was in a couple of crossfit competitions with you jack but i got i did a we had a crossfit competition um with a good friend of mine called kyle wood and we were both in pretty good shape like we've been training for a 15 years you know 
fairly fit, like not like genetically gifted and like super athletes or, or anything. And we were in a com- CrossFit competition and we were opposite the winners who won it last year. I remember the story. Yeah. And the, <laughs> uh, the, the, the guys who won this competition last year, this is just like a local event. This is not like international or anything. And the workout was like 10 deadlifts at 120 kilos, then 10 baby over deadlifts, six rounds for time. So it's just minging, yeah? So you go, I go. And me and Kyle, we went as hard as possible. Like, I was like, we are going so fast, I am seeing and feeling colors. And it was, it was horrendous. And we were like neck and, well, like, I thought we were like neck and neck with the people who were opposite us. I was like, Kyle, we are smashing it. We're like neck and neck with people who with the people who won it last year because we were going so fast. And what we realized, even within like three minutes, they had already done a whole round more than us. And it was like, eh, how is that even possible? So anyway, what what we're basically saying is like we're never gonna go to the CrossFit games. We're never gonna experience something at that at that level. And neither are most of our members, if we're being honest, like no, none of them are really going to be getting to that skill level because most of our members want to just feel great. They want to be stronger. They want to be fitter. They want to wear clothes that they, that they feel nice in. They want to go for walks and not get tired. They want to play with their kids. And all of these things can be attained through different mediums. And I'm not saying that CrossFit doesn't do this, do this for people because I know it does. I know it's changed a lot of people's lives and we've got some really great CrossFit gyms in the area who do an incredible job. But for us, our approach of simplicity and not technical movement works and aligns really closely with, with Hyrox because it's, I mean, it really is for everybody and we, we really encourage our members to, to get involved with it. And we talked about it being for everybody just talk to us a little bit about uh, what high rocks does to allow the entry of this race they call it a race not a competition like what do high rocks do that allows everybody and i mean almost everybody to get involved in high rocks i think it starts with it as we said there with the movements not being tremendously technical and also each individual element aside from the running let's say like all of the exercises aren't crazy high volume like 100 ball ball sounds like a lot but it's not that much when we talk about like we compare it to like the running for let's say like the running is it's eight to nine kilometers so it is a reasonable amount of running but aside from that the rest of it is quite straightforward but the running side of it it's again it's quite a simple movement like if you haven't got any noticeable injuries then there's no reason why you can't start and develop your ability to run so that makes it very achievable and attainable for most people with even a relatively small amount of training like if someone just commits to couch to 5k let's say and then comes in and practices those movements at the amount of reps and volume and the weights and stuff that they are going to be required to do like with a few months of training you could probably get through it reasonably comfortably you don't have to spend months and years developing these really high technically demanding movements like snatches and muscle ups and all these kind of things that take years if we're being honest to get even remotely good at 
but then also in the way that they run the event. It's, it's literally the same for everyone. It's the same workout with the same reps in the same order, slightly different weights for the different categories, but it's literally everyone does the same thing and it's like a heat goes every 10 to 20 minutes all day for all the different categories. So you have the men, the women, the pros, the relays, the pairs, the solos, everyone's going broadly at the same time. So you don't know. And this is why it's probably a little bit less intimidating than other fitness races, competitions, whatever you want to call them, because you don't know where you are. You're in that kind of starting pen, if you like, and then it's three, two, one, go. You run out onto the run course and then you're running with your heat, but also the three heats that went out before you. And then in 30 minutes time, there'll be three heats that have gone after you. You don't know whether the person that you're skiing next to is in your heat, the heat in front of you, the heat behind you. You run over the finish line and you don't know where you've come. Your time flashes up on the board, but so do 50 other people's. So no one broadly knows what time you've done in other than you. And everyone just gets celebrated success the same way. Yeah, I love that. And what I, what I think is really good is is knowing kind of knowing where where they're at. So we can train and coach these movements for them to get better at. And I think a lot of the time, which we've spoken about on, on previous podcasts, is that people just like to know. Like I don't what am I doing? And we were we're really good at putting barriers in, in in front of what we want to achieve. And by going, hey, look, you might be a bit nervous about doing a high rocks, but here's what you need to practice. We can help you and coach you in these exact movements. And it doesn't take much coaching because they're very simple. So we can build people's confidence up knowing that they know what is to come. Now, just to come back a little bit, I want you to, to talk to you. We talked about different heats in different categories. Can you just explain those categories and uh, why those different categories suit a wider demographic? Sure. So there's, there's essentially five different categories at Hyrox. Uh, event so you've got individuals so you complete all eight 1k runs and all of the eight different exercises back to back on your own and it's for time so it takes you how long it takes you then there is a double so you can do it in same sex pair or a mixed sex pair so and the way the doubles works is that you have to run together so you do all eight 1k runs next to each other and then you could essentially split the other eight exercises however you like. You could, one person can do all 1,000 meters on the skier, or you could do 500 meters each or 250 meters each. So you can work to your strengths with your partner, but you also get that little bit of rest. So it makes it a little bit more achievable than the individual because you get that bit of rest sprinkled throughout the event. Then there is a relay. The relay is the same workout, but you essentially just do two 1K runs and two of the workout stations. And they could be separated by 10 to 20 minutes, or they could be back to back, depending on which people within your team of four feel the most confident with which of those exercises you can play to your strengths. And that makes it really, really achievable at that entry level, because you might only have to do some rowing and running and skiing and running which is really achievable for almost anyone and then if there's someone who's a little bit more confident then they can take on 
the more challenging elements like the heavy sled pushing and the warbles and the burpy broad jumps and things like that. Um, so that's a great way of kind of someone who's perhaps a little bit apprehensive about taking on the, the full event and it sounds intimidating for them to just experience it, to just go be a part of the event, the experience, watch some other people do it, get comfortable in the environment and then they can just go and do their one or two stations and still be involved and be part of it, but without that perhaps intimidating element of taking on the whole thing. And it, it's a really good entry level. So you can still get a huge sense of achievement. You can still be part of the event. And the events, let's be honest, they're really well run. Excuse the pun. They're, they're really great fun. And, and as you said earlier, like everyone does the same thing. So whether you're in a relay or whether you're doing a solo or whether you're doing a duo, you're going to be doing the same as everybody else. So, and for people who are really in, maybe intimidated or have never done anything like this, for them to go there and achieve, it makes them believe in that rhymes. And then, then what happens, they go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to train a bit harder. I want to, you know, lose a bit of weight. I want to be more dedicated with my training because I want to give a duo a go. I want to challenge myself. And that's... As we say with everything, when it comes to building habits, fitness journeys, and everything, we want to start a little bit smaller, understand what's involved, and then build build from from there. And I think Hyrox did a really, really good job of that. And we're so pleased that so many of our members have got involved, achieved things that they never thought they could achieve. Which is ultimately like like why we get into the industry to help people do things that they can't necessarily do themselves, and helping them and facilitating them into to living their their best life and be, and being happy and content with the body that they have. Now, we are an official partner gym with Hyrox. I think we were the first gym in the Midlands, first gym in the the world. The last bit's not exactly true. Uh, to become a partner gym, we we love the ethos of Hyrox. We love the simplicity, and we were like, yeah, that sums up our members to a taste. We really want to get involved with them, and we're luckily we've been working with them for for nearly two years, and it's been fantastic. So. Jack, what we're an official partner, Jim. Woohoo! Isn't that great? What does that actually what does that actually mean for us and for our members? So, and, and also non-members. So essentially at its core, um, ETC being an official partner gym means that we're able to run official High Rocks classes with the High Rocks kind of name and the High Rocks branding behind it. And then we can advertise those classes on the, the High Rocks website as being a partner gym, running official classes. We are able to access like the gym partner area at Hyrox events so we can connect with other gym partners and other members of gym partners so we can really get involved in that community. We host Hyrox Academies where Hyrox will come into ETC like the one that we had a couple of weeks ago where they will come in, host an academy that basically teaches other partner gyms, coaches, how to approach coaching and delivering high rocks training sessions and helping their members get involved in a high rocks event and how to prepare best for those uh, yeah and exactly we want to be encouraging as many people to get involved with high rocks for the reasons that we mentioned before like it is a great sense of achievement it's like if you practice and you go right i'm going to train for a high rocks what that means is you're gonna do a bit of running which we believe that everyone if you're able enough to do so should do you're going to work on a little bit of global strength, some farmer's carries, some sled push-pulls. You're going to improve your squat with your wall balls. You're going to be doing lots of different movements. And if you practice and train for these movements, 
you're just going to be a stronger, healthier, happier human being. And it, that, that, is, that is what it's about. It's not about winning. We're never going to win. Well, yeah, we're never going to win. And that's okay. But for us, for me, for a lot of our members, it, it's just about having something to work towards. Because you know, we know that adherence is the most important thing for any training program. And also, as, as, as humans, as able-minded humans, we don't want to look stupid. So for almost everyone, having a goal that's in, in two, three, four months' time, I'm doing a high rocks, I'm doing a duo, I'm going to train for a solo, it, makes, it forces you, it gives you a bigger reason, a bigger why to adhere to your training. I don't want to go there and be unprepared. I don't want to go there and be really, really unfair. I want to do myself proud. And that makes you adhere to your training. And then you adhere to your training, you start getting stronger. You feel fitter. You look better. You feel better about yourself. And it's a positive snowballing effect. Like everything becomes better when you're training. Like I said this to Johnny, uh, my coach, just the other day. Like training for me is, has been really, really crap. And for you as well. It's been really hard because we're both, obviously we're nowhere near high level athletes or anything like that. But we're, we're both fairly well trained. And because we're fairly well trained, we've got a certain amount of resiliency, a certain amount of capacity. Now, it doesn't make us any good, but it means the training that we have to do to create the stimulus that we need to actually get better is, is really, really hard. And my body has just responded really well to it because it's hard training. I've been super consistent. I've not been drinking as much alcohol. I've not been eating as much cake. And I just feel and look so much better over four weeks just because I've been, just because I've actually been training for it. And for me, that is a, a real, a real positive, a real positive. The next question was really to be about like, what's good about it. So do you talk to me about why you think, what's good about it? What's good about high rocks? I've just waffled on for like six hours. I, yeah, I think before we go on to kind of like generally what's, what's good about it and training for it, I think to kind of mirror what you said there, like since I've been training more for this type of event where I've been doing a lot more fitness-based work and I've still been like, I've still been strength training. Like I've still been squatting and deadlifting and pressing and trying to get stronger and trying to build muscle and things like that. But I've been having to do a lot more higher rep, lower weight work, as well as doing a lot of the like rowing, biking, skiing, and obviously developing the running and stuff like that. And I feel so much better. Like I, I feel fitter like day to day. I have more energy. Like I, although I'm semi struggling with my knees a little bit at the minute but that's not from the training that's from an underlying issue that i've got going on um being being old is not an issue being old is yeah being old is not an issue but um <laughs> so i have this is the best that i have felt whilst training hard like when i was doing like crossfit in the past it's like my shoulders always hurt my knees and my back those things just hurt because I was forcing myself into positions that I didn't have access to. I was doing too much high weight work. I was like lifting too heavy, perhaps with not the best form too often. Uh, I was doing too much like gymnastic stuff and my shoulders and elbows and stuff just hurt. Like, and then when I was like training more for like purely bodybuilding and trying to look a certain way and be really strong, it was just like, I got really tight and my muscles just hurt my knees hurt like all my things hurt whereas now i like i feel good like things don't hurt as much and i feel fitter and i'm also the strongest i've ever been so i've removed the focus from just trying to be really strong and grow loads of muscle and 
like doing loads of endurance and easier work and lighter what lighter weight work i've built muscle and got fitter and got stronger all at the same time it is yeah. it is crazy how how well your it's, it's crazy how well your body has adapted to the type of training that high rocks has forced you into I remember your body, your bodybuilding days, your CrossFit days. You probably look the best you've ever looked because you're super lean, you're super strong, you look great. And as you said, there is definitely something great about feeling like feeling fit, not just about like oh I'm strong, like but feeling fit and just like, l- like looking fit, like someone yeah. who is lean and muscular. Like oh that person looks really yeah. Well, actually, they feel like crap because they're not fit, they're not mobile, um, probably all of their joints hurt because they lift really heavy all the time, don't do any stretching and don't do any cardiovascular work. Mm. Like they look really fit, but actually they feel like crap. Mm. Whereas like when you're kind of training more for like endurance and still doing some bodybuilding work, but it isn't the absolute center of your program, like you look quite good, but also you feel really good as well because you have that underlying fitness. Cool. Yeah. So basically everyone should get involved with High Rocks, give it a good shot and, and, and test themselves because life will throw you lots of tests. And if you can do that, you'll, you'll be amazed at what you can achieve, what you can achieve. And the knock on effect of that transfers to almost every area of your life. When you're at work and something's really hard and and you don't think that you can do it. And when you do it, it's like, yeah, I can do cool things if I put my, my mind to it. Now, we're running a little bit short on time. I know this podcast has kind of just been a bit of an introduction about Hyrox, what it involves, why we think it's good. And we are going to be releasing some specific Hyrox nutrition um, podcasts and some podcasts with regards to the best approaches and everything like that. But we're going to talk a little bit about what, just to finish on, kind of what you believe, why you believe Hyrox is good and why you believe that members or anyone should get involved with it. I think first and foremost, for like from like our members perspective there's a couple of things that i think really stand out it's that giving getting people to focus on performance over aesthetics like most wasn't most of the time like a lot of the time people come to us and they want to change the way they look perhaps they want to lose weight or build muscle they want to improve their confidence and feel generally better about the way that they look and their training history would have been centered around that they've exercised to lose weight and that's how they associate it and then we kind of strive to get people to train we get people to exercise to achieve things like to get stronger to be more resilient to injury to feel better and feel stronger and feel healthy and feel fitter but even when people kind of come into that the the focus can then shift from i want to lose weight to I want to build muscle and get stronger. And it kind of, it takes this transition through those two things. Whereas training for something like this, it shifts the focus to what your body can do rather than just how it looks. And by doing that, it actually can then lead people to looking better anyway. And one of our members, Sabrina, who I've worked with for the last couple of years as as one of my kind of assigned clients at ETC, She's worked super hard and been super dedicated on trying to learn about how to improve her body composition and has really like trained hard and focused on her nutrition and things like that. And then when she signed up and participated in a high rocks, 
she actually noticed that her body composition changed more than it had done in the past few months of training to improve her body composition. So I think by shifting the focus to what your body can do and focusing on performance, it might actually get you the, the aesthetic outcome that you're looking for anyway, without the kind of the, the feelings of every day coming into the gym purely for that reason, which can, 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 can over-consume people sometimes. I think, you know, when people come to us and it's usually newer members or anyone that I'm, I'm speaking with who's thinking about getting involved, they always, always say, I want to lose fat. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, I do. I want to lose weight. I want to lose fat. Uh. And you think that, I just think that's not a strong enough goal. It's not a strong enough, it's not deeper enough to be like, oh, I want to lose fat. It's like, of course you do. Everyone does. And um, then what? You actually, if you actually have something to train for, you have a, a purpose, a reason, such as something like an event. Because losing fat and training for an event actually has the, a lot of similar modalities. So if you want to be a bad human, turn up for training, don't eat loads of pizza and don't drink Coca-Cola five times a day. Like all these like little miniature things that you would do to adhere to a good training plan also will help you elicit fat loss. But as you said, and I think it's really, really important that we shift our focus on not you're not exercising to lose fat. You're exercising training to be a strong, practical, functional well looked after human being like as um as jamie alden always says i'm not sure where he gets it from but you are the million dollar horse like if you had a million dollar horse you would feed it the best food you would make sure it's well rested you would do everything it could to retain its value you know when it comes to our bodies and ourselves we don't we neglect it and i'm not and by the way i'm not saying that like oh don't do anything fun like have fun drink alcohol and have a great time but 90 percent of the time we should be taking care of our bodies and looking after our mental health, which are very closely linked, and generally just doing things that are good for us. And in doing so, we will look better and feel better and move away from this losing weight, losing fat, doctrination, indoctrination. Yeah, 100%. And then just kind of just to, just to round off here, like the last couple of things that I think uh, are kind of generally just good about it. And as you said, they're just like training for something. It's like giving you a reason to train especially for people that have perhaps been training a while, perhaps they have lost a bit of weight, they have built a bit of muscle and they've kind of, they're now cool, like I'm actually quite happy with where I am. Where is the motivation then going to come from for them to keep showing up? Maybe when they're a bit tired, when they're lacking time, when training is hard and it's, you have to, as we always say, like training never gets any easier, you just get fitter. If anything, it gets harder because you have to do more to get less outcome. So when you become a bit more well-trained and you're a little bit more towards the advanced end of the training spectrum, let's say, like training is, isn't fun. And we said this on my last podcast, like a lot of the training that we do isn't fun. It takes a lot of like dedication and just coming in and doing it, knowing it's going to be hard and knowing it's not going to be fun because you want the outcome and having something to train for an event gives you that little bit of external motivation to, I want to show up today because I want to be able to perform on the event. Or if you're doing it in a pair, I want to show up knowing that I've done my end, I've held up my end of the bargain and I have done the work that I needed to do to make sure that I can show up for my partner and I'm going to give my partner my best effort on the day. 
And I think what I'd like to run off on is it's, it's achievement. It's a sense of achievement, like doing something that is hard, training for something, dedicating some time to doing something that is going to demand more from you and then showing up and, and doing it and achieving something and doing something that you perhaps didn't think that you could, um, whether that is an individual or even a relay or even just showing up to the event. For some people, that type of environment is, is really intimidating. And even just being in that environment is an achievement for some people. So we, we will encourage a lot of our members, even people that might never be able to do a solo or even a pairs, we just encourage them to just go and just come and be part of it and support their fellow tribe members and just come and just be part of it. And for some people, that is an achievement. Absolutely. And I think there's lots of little bits actually sprinkled within this episode to look at exercise adherence and hopefully give people a little bit of insight about like how to improve and adhere to their own training and understand the reasons about why we kind of push people to do high rocks or or something else, another competition, because there's so much more to it than just the competition. There's everything else that comes with us and that is where we're going to round up jack thanks so much for joining us on this lovely thursday uh, hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast there's going to be so much more we're going to talk about this is an introduction to high rocks but again there's some some little bits of gold nuggets sprinkled in between uh, we look forward to seeing so many of you this weekend i know you're going to be hearing this a week later but if you have enjoyed this podcast please like subscribe give us some ratings comment can you comment on podcast no. you can't comment on podcast so you can't don't comment on it because you can't and it isn't going to be on youtube yet um but yeah have a fantastic weekend if you are competing in the high rocks in london we will be there and we can't wait to see you i think we're bringing over 100 members it's gonna be fantastic thank you very much jack anything you want to finish on um get your dietary nitrates in there get your dietary nitrates <laughs> kids stay hydrated and of course, massive good luck to all of the members and friends of ETC competing at High Rocks Manchester this weekend. And if you're listening to this next week, which you will be, well done to everyone that took part. You obviously smashed it. Woo! That's us out. Bam, bam, just go wow, wow. Bop, wow.